No one is talking about this, but there is a type of debt that too many people are drowning in, and it's not financial debt. No matter how you're doing right now when it comes to money, I bet you understand that racking up too much consumer debt is generally not a good idea. We all know about financial debt, but there's another kind of debt that's just as stressful, if not more stressful sometimes. It can steal your dreams ruin relationships, leave you feeling regretful and stressed, and it's called time debt. Yep, time debt. And more of us are struggling with it than ever before. Coming up next on the Successful Women Think Differently podcast, I'm talking about the concepts of time poverty and time debt and how you can get on the road to building time freedom and time wealth that will bring you real and lasting joy. If you've landed here on this podcast, then I already know two things about you. One, you've probably already accomplished amazing things. And two, you're interested in learning more about improving your personal level of success. This is the Successful Women Think Differently podcast, and I'm your host, Valerie Burton. I'm a personal and executive coach, best-selling author of more than a dozen books, and founder of the Coaching and Positive Psychology Institute. Are you ready to close the gap between where you are now and where you really want to be? Then let's dive into today's episode. Several years ago, I ran across a, a story, a New York Times article on a topic that just hit me hard. <laughs> like I saw the title of it. I started reading. I was just engrossed in it. Basically, it was an opinion piece called No Money, No Time, and it got my full attention. I stopped everything I was doing. I was leaning forward as I read. I was devouring it as though it was knowledge that might actually change my life. And it actually did because it actually sent me on this journey of trying to figure out how to recover some of my time. I felt overwhelmed and overcommitted and frustrated because I was doing many things I wanted to do, but it almost felt like too much of a good thing. There was even a phrase in the article that was something I'd never heard of before, which was called time poverty. And I thought, wow, I've only ever thought of concepts like debt and poverty as they relate to money, but not time. But almost immediately it occurred to me that, yeah, that's how it feels when you never have enough time for the things that really matter most, when you always feel like you're running behind or you're trying to catch up or you're, you've just got too much on your plate. Have you ever been there? So the article's author, Maria Konnikova, described time debt in this way. She said it's the kind of debt that she creates when she needs an extension on deadlines to complete an assignment. And this is what I wrote about what she said in my book, It's About Time. She said, my experience is the time equivalent of a high interest loan cycle, except instead of money, I borrow time. But this kind of borrowing comes with an interest rate of its own. By focusing on one immediate deadline, I neglect not only future deadlines, but the mundane tasks of daily life that would normally take up next to no time or mental energy. I mentioned time poverty, but I wanted to find that too before we jump in a bit more. Harvard economist Sindel Mullenathan said there's two types of poverty. One's time poverty. The other is bandwidth poverty, where you just don't have enough capacity to do what you want. But time poverty occurs 
when we accumulate time debt from too many obligations that require our time. And being in persistent time debt means continually borrowing from the future, following behind, and feeling the pressure of never being able to catch up. Have you ever felt that way? Well, that was me. Some of it has to do with something I joke about a lot, but that's very real, called time optimism. (laughs) If you are an optimist, oftentimes what you will do is underestimate how much time it takes to do the things you want to do. Oh, and if you're an optimist, you're a visionary, you see what the possibilities are, you get excited about the possibilities, and you might even jump into action in bringing those possibilities to life before you have accurately counted the costs of what it's going to take to actually make those possibilities a reality. And so my time optimism has always been real because I am an optimist. In fact, uh, when I take the, uh, the the VIA strengths assessment, it comes back that hope, optimism, and future-mindedness are in my top five. They are signature strengths for me, which have helped me do things like build a business or persevere when things Uh, get difficult because I believe something better is possible and it's coming along. But when it comes to time, if you're not careful, that level of optimism that things won't take as long as you think, and not just in a sense of time, but oftentimes it is the mental energy, the emotional energy that is required that can leave you feeling drained and contribute really to that feeling of time debt. Because when you're feeling emotionally and mentally drained, what happens? It becomes a lot harder to get things done efficiently and productively. So your emotions and your mental state actually end up impacting how quickly you get things done. And you end up in time debt because you're doing things much more slowly. So just a couple of years ago, I made some some moves, particularly in my work, to impact my personal life and help me get out of time debt and to kind of hit the reset button every single year. So I'm not sure where time debt hits for you, but I want you to just kind of think for a moment what it looks like. Like, do you have a pile of stuff right now? <laughs> That needs to get done? Are there things you keep putting off and you realize, you know what, I can't put this off much longer? Remember that time debt is borrowing from the future. You have more right now that you need to do than you have time for. And you keep saying, oh, yeah, I'll put that off. I'll do that next week, next month, next year. And before you know it, there isn't time for the things you need to be doing right here in this moment. So I decided a couple of years ago to try and experiment. And my experiment is a summer hiatus. So when I first thought years ago that I might like to be an author, have a business and have a family, my biggest motivator was that I would be in control of my schedule. And so a couple of years ago, it occurred to me, well, if you're in control of your schedule, what would you ideally want? (laughs) Well, ideally, when our kids are out of school, I'd like to be out of work. I'd like to actually be able to enjoy the summer with them. So two years ago, I tried the experiment and it didn't go perfectly, but it was better than nothing, right? Sometimes we have to be willing to experiment with things. So what we had to do is get me to the point where I was ahead, right? So all the content that I'm normally producing 
for, for example, for the Successful Women's Academy, my weekly videos that I do, all of that stuff needed to be completed. I needed to kind of push aside speaking engagements for the summer, just anything that needed to be done, anything that needed to be written. So I worked for about three months. We worked together getting all of the stuff done in advance, at least through September. And that took a lot of organization, but I was climbing out of time debt and then getting a bit ahead. Um, I did it. But then an opportunity came along that seemed like a really great opportunity. It was the opportunity to, um, to serve as a mentor for John Maxwell's Maxwell Leadership Certified Team. And so <laughs> I ended up taking part of the hiatus to do some training for them that was being recorded. So I delayed my hiatus by two weeks. And then I had a little bit of stuff to do in the middle of the hiatus, but I still had about five or six weeks mostly off, which was more than I had ever had in my professional career. Last year, we did it again. Nothing came up that kind of infringed on the hiatus, and I actually felt like I disconnected. And so this year, same thing. It is something that takes a great deal of intention, but here's the thing. When you decide to get control of your time, when you decide that you want things to be different, you can find a way. I'm not saying you find a way immediately. I'm saying you start planning for it. When I discovered this whole concept of time debt, there were a couple of things that I had to get very serious about. And one of them was just understanding how I was currently spending my time. My husband took this journey with me. And one of the first things he said is, we need a time chart. And he said it like I knew what a time chart was. It was just a term he made up. But basically, we figured out how we were spending all of our time. One of the craziest revelations that came during that time is that we figured out that 47% of Jeff's time like all of his hours, sleep and everything, 47% was spent away from home flying. So as a commercial pilot, obviously, you're not doing that from home. Right? It's, not, it's, not a, it's not a work from home situation. And we realized, wow, that's, that's a lot. It was a lot of sacrifice. And so we were looking for ways for him to be able to have more time for some of the things that were needed. And ultimately, within a couple of years, he was able to transition out of commercial flying to actually training uh, pilots and being home every single day. But that started with getting clear about how that time was being spent. I tried other experiments like uh, working fewer days a week. I did that for a year and I found that working every other day, I was actually more productive than working every single day. That was easier during that time because our son was in preschool. He's in regular school now. So I decided that I would actually adjust my work schedule to fit his school schedule, generally between about 8.30 or 9 and 2 or 2.30 is when I work. Now, that means I might not uh, be able to say yes when people ask me to go to lunch. That might mean that I can't add more things to my calendar because my late afternoons are spent doing homework and extracurricular activities and things like that. I share all of this because I didn't used to be so intentional about my time. And I came to realize that I had started a business because I wanted more time. And yet I was operating as though someone else was in control of that time. Now, you may not be in a business of your own, or maybe you are and you're listening and saying, yeah, why don't I decide? 
when I'm doing what I'm doing? Why don't I give myself the opportunity to take a hiatus? Maybe it's not two months. Maybe it's two weeks. What would I have to do to plan? But I'm also wondering for you, if you're not working for yourself, what is the time debt that you're in? And what would it take to be able to get back a bit more of that time? I think so often we have this mindset that the way things have been done is the way they always have to be done. But the truth of the matter is, we have more choices than we give ourselves credit for, even with the time that we have. So just like getting out of credit card debt, you can get out of time debt, but there are some simple steps to take. The first one, just like credit card debt, is that you have to stop racking up more of it, <laughs> right? If you want to get out of credit card debt, oftentimes you got to put the credit cards away. You've got to make a decision that I'm not going to keep adding more debt. That is step one, right? If you're in a hole, stop digging. The same with time debt. What that means is that you may have to make a decision right now, that you're not adding anything else. Yes, people will ask. Yes, they have requests. Yes, you may have a fear of disapproval in what people are going to think if you say no, but in order to get out of time debt, this feeling that you're always overloaded and there's never enough time, you have to change your habit. You have to have that thought shift. And so stop racking up more time debt. What's in your inbox right now? What has someone requested recently? And you're thinking about how to say yes or what they're going to think if you say no, or you're actually contemplating it, or has happened to me the other day, I had a an opportunity for a little like writing retreat thing, but it's during my summer hiatus. <laughs> I was like, um, no, that's not what your hiatus is about. And it hurt. I'm, I mean, I was there online about to register for it. And I just, I stopped myself. I said, that's not the time. Maybe it'll come around later. Maybe it won't. But getting out of time debt often means addressing your fear of missing out, recognizing that there's probably something more meaningful and you won't even know it until you give yourself the space and the time to actually experience it. So fear naturally pops up. When we're talking about taking control of our time and getting out of time debt. So number one is stop racking up more of it. All those things you're about to say yes to, just hit the pause button. And some of them, you just need to hit the delete button. They don't need to happen at all. Number two, just like making more money, <laughs> generating more money or saving money gives you the resources you need to start paying off debt. The same is true with your time. You've got to free up some time. But here's the thing about time that's so different from money. You can make more money. You can't make more time. And this is why it is so valuable. Once it's gone, it's gone. And we all get 24 hours in a day. That's it. So the way that you get more time so that you can climb out of time debt is by making space Coming up with more time means sometimes that you literally are having someone help you with something, right? It's like cloning yourself almost. But oftentimes it means clearing some things out, deciding what really is a priority. You may have to cancel 
some time debts, meaning there might be some things you've already agreed to, but you're realizing now you cannot fulfill them. And if it's possible without too much damage to get out of those and you know they're a low priority, gracefully making your way out, it may mean that the way you're doing some things needs to change. It doesn't need to take as much time as you're allowing it to take, and you could free up some of that time if you were to do things a bit differently. I'm wondering where that fits for you. The bottom line here is that you've got to free up time because that's the only way for you to make more time. When you make more time, then you can go on to number three, which is to stop paying some of that debt off, right? In other words, getting stuff done. <laughs> so figuring out what is it right now that you've borrowed from the future, right? You've put it off. It's sitting there. It's like something that's maybe a deadline that you need to reach. Maybe you have already passed the deadline. You need to get out of that time debt. You need to get some things cleared off so that you have some space and some time where you can truly relax because you're not thinking about the thing that still needs to get done. So make your list. It's kind of like making your list of debts. And when we make a list of financial debts, you know, it's great to know, what am I paying the higher interest rate on? When it comes to our time, what's creating more of your stress? What's taking up more of the mental energy? Oftentimes, it's really important to tackle those things first. So you free up more of the mental energy that allows you to be more productive and more efficient. You know, I think a lot of times we don't recognize the impact of how we are living our lives on our ability to get things done. When you've got a lot of stuff going on in the background, whether it's drama or just a high maintenance approach to how you're doing things, it just makes it harder when it's time to be productive because you've got a lot of other things that are pulling for your attention and it makes it harder to focus when it's time to focus. So getting stuff done is the equivalent starting to pay off some of that debt. And once you have stopped racking up more debt, you've freed up time and then you've used that time to start paying off the debt and hopefully eventually actually paying off that debt, then you can do the thing that is so wonderful. And that is you can start building time wealth. <laughs> Just like if you paid off all your credit card debt and now your money's not going to paying off debt, it can go to whatever you want it to go to. You can actually start having fun, and start building wealth. And so time wealth is you stop filling up your schedule. You start actually valuing having extra time. So you want to create a wealth of that time in your life so that you're able to breathe. Or if a friend calls or there's something going on and you want to be a part of it, you have the space you have the space to be more spontaneous, the space to take care of things, the space to do the things that really fill you up with joy and with peace and with the things that matter most. It might even be as simple as the space to take that longer vacation. You watch other people doing it and you think, gosh, I could never do that. What if that became the goal? What if that was your sign of time wealth? I know for me, I feel very time wealthy when I'm on hiatus. Here's the thing. The most successful women approach time differently. 
they recognized that this new normal of overwhelm and overload, it's not natural. And you have to determine what normal looks like for you when it comes to time. The key really is having a vision for your time. Just because everybody else is overcommitted and stressed doesn't make it right for you, doesn't mean you need to be doing that same thing. There is a cost to overcommitting. And just like being in financial debt, we can decide to work to be debt-free. It's a mental shift. It's a shift in your thinking. And it's a shift I invite you to take, hopefully right now. <laughs> so I've got a couple of coaching questions that can help you make that shift. One, how much time debt are you in? Two, what would it take for you to climb out? And then three, what do you want your normal to look like when it comes to time? That's your vision. So I don't know about you. I had not heard of time debt before, but it was life-changing when I discovered that it's a thing and it's a thing that I could actually do something about. So um, I want you to check out the show notes because I want you to answer those coaching questions for yourself. And I would love to hear whether you write a review of the podcast and you share what you're doing when it comes to time debt and how you're answering those questions or on social media. If you want to share in the comments, I would love, love, love to hear how this topic is hitting you. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Successful Women Think Differently podcast. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening. My goal with this podcast is to give you bite-sized strategies to help you close the gap between where you are and where you really want to be. But if you're looking for some more in-depth help, then I invite you to join us in the Successful Women's Academy. Each month in SWA, I give you the tools you need to coach yourself to conquer the fears, habits, and distractions that threaten to get in the way of your biggest dreams, sabotage your joy, and keep you from being the best version of yourself. You can find out more by visiting ValerieBurton.com forward slash SWA. I'll see you in the next episode of the Successful Women Think Differently podcast. Mm -hmm.